Well, that sucked, didn't it? Nashville Predators embarrassed six to one by the Los Angeles Kings. What in the world went wrong? And why were the big guns noticeably outplayed by the Los Angeles Kings? Plus, Western Conference Wednesday, we've talked a lot about the Preds trade deadline stuff, but what about the other teams that the Preds are going to be competing with? Who are some of the stars that stood out and who are the teams that missed some opportunities? All topics we're going to bring up today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Predators. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime who is very happy that she didn't stay up till 1.30 in the morning to watch all this nonsense. Yeah, it spared my eyes, but I heard it, and it hurt my ears. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com. Yeah, that, that was bad. Uh, yes. if you're, if you're the superstitious type, this is like the game you would go and burn your game film, of, mm-hmm. like bury it in the back of your practice field, or in this case, the practice rink, which I guess would be hitting center ice with an ice pick and then filling it up with water and reef. I don't know. Somebody else. You gotta do something. Somebody else who's good at rink construction can figure out the nuts and bolts of it. Um, but yeah. There's there's no way to sugarcoat that this is probably the Preds' <laughs> worst game of the season. Yeah, this this was um this was atrocious. This was really not great. Um, and we always start out when we have a game, we start out with our you know one word to describe the game. And I really feel like I have nailed it today. Uh-oh, My one word it. is bean boozled. So I don't know if you um, are familiar with Jelly Bellies, the little. Yeah. Okay, so Jelly Belly made a game, and it's called Bean Boozled, and they make several different colors of jelly beans uh, that look exactly alike. But one is delicious, and one is something horrible. So they have one that's like a light orange color, and it's either peach or it's barf. They have a green one that's either lime or lawn clippings. They have like a lighter green one with some speckles in it that's either juicy pear or booger. So this is like Harry Potter's Birdie Bots Every Flavored Beans. This is it. And you spin a spinner and it says pick up a light green jelly belly and pop it in your mouth. And you might get lime. You might get lawn clippings. You know, you might get chocolate, you might get canned dog food, you know, went into this game thinking that we were going to get a juicy pear jelly belly because, you know, the Predators were coming off of a solid win in Anaheim. The L.A. Kings blue line was depleted. There was this kind of vote of confidence from David Poyle and John Hines about the trade deadline. But what we really thought was going to be like a buttered popcorn jelly belly turned out to be a rotten egg jelly belly. We were completely bean boozled. Yeah. Uh, the the word I did, bean boozled. Uh, I did mm-hmm. not know that was a thing. Oh. I'm kind of curious about it now. Again. Oh, I've played it. It's not a game for the week, for the faint of heart. 
as a Harry Potter fan who loves the the concept of birdie bots every flavored beans mm -hmm. this is something I'm intrigued about okay I'm not going to do it right now um, but if you and I are ever at some sort of cocktail party or <laughs> giant Preds shenanigans at a bar someplace, there uh, you we're going gonna to bust out bean boozled. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You won't forget it. I apparently might not if I get mm -hmm. a odd flavored bean. Um, yeah. My one word to describe the game was, I guess, two words. Friday afternoon. Because we all know the feeling you get after a long day at work on a Friday afternoon. It's been a long week. You've mm -hmm. put a lot of hard hours in. You're tired. You're exhausted. You really don't care what happens. For the rest <laughs> of the day, after like 1 o'clock on a Friday, you're coasting to the weekend. This is like your turn off all your notifications time. Uh, if you work from home, maybe you go and sneak a hour out on the golf course to get the weekend started right. You don't care what happens at work. Like, let's be <laughs> honest. If anything happens between 2, 2 p.m. and 5 p.m. on a Friday afternoon workday, you don't care. You're like, whatever. <laughs> yep. Like, I'll get to it next week. Uh, the Predators had a very strong Friday afternoon Ooh. vibe. To this one you know they're they're coming off a win over anaheim and they already had a very long game uh the night before which was followed a very long cross-country road trip right after they played saturday night at bridgestone there's a lot of travel they're already tired from the game they got a lot of people out forsberg yes. and yossi and duchene are all breaking records and by the end of the game you could tell this was like the Predators just kind of playing to get through it, you know? Yes. Uh, this was one where it's just like that you could tell, right? And this isn't one of those things where, you know, you and I talked yesterday and uh, how the key to the game was going to be a strong finish because we thought yes. the Predators were going to come out strong, but maybe be fatigued at the end. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't even come out strong. Like they looked <laughs> fatigued from the get-go. Yes. And, you know, I think, you know, the, the second period was interesting, but I think right after the Kings made it four to one, like five minutes into the third period, you could kind of see the attitude shift a little bit for mm -hmm. the Predators from, okay, like, let's keep fighting, let's finish strong, to let's just get to the final buzzer in one piece. Yes. And, you know, I feel like we need to apologize because maybe we weren't clear yesterday when we said get off to a hot start. We were directing that at the Nashville Predators and not yeah. at the L.A. Kings. So maybe that's a little bit our bad. I would agree Adrian with you. Adrian Kempe is a big listener of the Lockdown Predators podcast, apparently. We need to we need to really be more mindful, I think, Nick. But I feel like what you said, I felt like in the second period when Philip Tomasito scored and we were just a couple goals down, it was three to one. Okay, this is something the Nashville Predators feel like. This is doable. When we dig deep, this is doable. And it went from doable to dumpster fire in the third period so quickly. And it was the first time that I feel like we saw what you're talking about. I feel like this is one of the first times we've seen Nashville go, 
let's just get through this. Let's just get to the end of this game. We know it's it's not going to be great. And it sort of looked like they lost a little bit of their oomph. And they really limped to the finish. This, this finish, this third period of this game was some of the most excruciating Nashville Predators hockey we've had to watch this season. I mean, so painful. So painful. And and I have many questions about some of the decisions that were made. Many questions. So talk to me and, and tell me your take on going empty net with seven minutes left in the game. And and it's a four one game. Talk to me about this one, Nick. What's your take on doing making that move? Well, I mean, you kind of have to do it, right? I mean, I guess <laughs> maybe. Uh, um, I mean, it's once they made it five to one, um, you know, you could kind of be like, okay, they probably need to, to do something now. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, right after they doing it right after that King's goal um, was a choice. It was a you know, choice. I think at that point it was kind of a, you know, maybe John Hines was kind of the same mindset as what we were thinking, you know, which was, you know what, like we're clearly kind of limping to the finish line here. We're either going to go all out and put some yeah. pressure on them right now, or we're just going to kind of fold it in here. Yeah. Um, so it was a choice. It it's an choice. interesting choice. And I know there's a lot of people, especially in the advanced analytics community, who really love the prospect of pulling your goalie early. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you're kind of seeing him, you know, transition. It used to be like, you know, it was the last minute of the game. That right. was when you like did your last minute rush. Now we see teams um, kind of doing it as early as two and a half to three minutes left in right. a one goal game um which is interesting uh seven minutes left in a 5-1 hockey game it's a choice not not really sure yeah like not really sure what what the deal with that is um yeah so and maybe it was a vote of confidence or something from john hines like hey look i think we can come back from this but it just fell. I mean, obviously it fell so flat. I mean, it so didn't work, but it was, it seemed very out of the box for John Hines and for Nashville. It just, I, I felt very confused by that choice. Yes. And there's uh, some other things that we'll talk about here in a second, mm-hmm. including what happened to the Preds top line because they were noticeably outplayed in this game uh plus look at some other teams in the western conference and what they did on the nhl tread line who's the preds biggest threat now that's going to be an interesting conversation uh first though want to mention that today's show is brought to you by our friends at hello fresh with hello fresh you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. So that helps you skip the trips to the grocery store. Instead, count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Most of you guys pretty much know how it works, but if not, Here's kind of the gist. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients right to your door, including farm-fresh produce that arrives within a week, so you get convenience without skimping on quality. And again, it helps you, you know, avoid all those long lines at the grocery store. You don't have to fight 
with anybody on Sunday afternoons to get the last can of whatever that you're looking for. And also, you don't need to worry about wasting food. Yeah, that bag of spinach you have in the back of the fridge, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's not going to get easy for HelloFresh because they measure all ingredients perfectly. Um, if you're losing weight or trying to get more in shape, HelloFresh has fit and wholesome recipes for satisfying nutritious meals that can feel good about with six recipes a week to choose from, including low calorie and carb conscious options. Um, I know I use HelloFresh. It's delicious. I love it. I have the almond crust and chicken this week. Um, all I have to do is I'm a household of one person. So I usually get two servings, cook one up, store the night, store the uh, portion. I don't eat that night for a nice little lunch the next day. That way, less cooking for me. HelloFresh is a proud partner of the Nashville Predators and fueling hockey fans everywhere. So go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOnPredators16 and use code LockedOnPredators16 for up to 16 free meals and free gifts. Again, that is code LockedOnPredators16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Yep, we are talking about the Predators' big six to one loss to the Los Ooh. Angeles Kings. Not as delicious as a HelloFresh meal, and oh no. Uh, the The question we have to ask is, where was the top line last night? Uh, mm -hmm. Because they had been on such a roll, you know, Forsberg, Johansson, Duchesne, uh, Mikhail Granlund, also you know alternates out there in the power play. They got beat by oh, the hodgepodge of LA Kings Fords pretty much in all aspects of the game. This was rough. And, you know, I, our good friend, Brian Baston, who does stats at on the forecheck, he and I have talked extensively about the plus minus stat and how it's a little bit of a sham. It's a lot of a sham, but, but not it's our plus minus, not, not our, not the Monday. Mondays. plus. That's minus. great. Fair point. The the NHL plus minus. But I wanted to take a look at it and and talk about it because I think it 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 goes to what you're saying. Philip Forsberg was a minus two. Uh, Matt Duchesne was a minus two. Tanner Janot was a minus three. Now, granted, when a team is scoring six goals, you know, your minus is going to go up. But it's when those goals were scored and against whom and how that I agree with you is a little bit baffling. The first, you know, that kind of star line really wasn't there. Roman Yossi had one point, so he continues his point streak. Um, and it feels a little weird to be down on Roman Yossi for not having like a three-point game. Yeah, But he He's really struggled. one point last night. Awful. Just awful. Like, I'm going to need you to try a little Roman Yossi, <laughs> you know, so we have to sort of frame that up in the sense that, you know, we're looking at Matthew Shane, Philip Forsberg, Roman Yossi, having these just accelerated outstanding statistics recently, but this was rough. Um, you know, Roman Yossi struggled to find the net. They just weren't connecting well. 
Uh, the big guys didn't come up big in this game. And I think that's going to be an issue if it continues into any sort of playoff hopes that the Predators have, because so much of their success relies on Forsberg, Duchesne, and Yossi. Yeah, it was jarring to see them get beat to almost like every loose puck. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, every puck battle they lost. They looked very slow. Uh, mm -hmm. compared to the LA Kings and they're not known as like a super speedy team like Tampa Bay or anything like yeah they have some fast guys uh, but they're kind of known more for like their positioning their prowess their kind of two-way play um, and so it was very interesting and it kind of ties into why I thought you know maybe this is a case of just the Preds getting tired mm -hmm. uh, maybe taking their foot off the gas a little bit or just being gassed um, because yeah. it was noticeable how much faster and quicker the kings looked in them last night and yeah in a case like that you look towards somebody like philip forsberg or matt duchene to kind of be the spark to kind of take the mm -hmm. team and lead by example a little bit um, use your skill set to kind of take advantage of opportunities and they didn't do that last night no there was a void when it came to things like um like momentum plays you know even philip tomasino's goal which was you know a great it was a really interesting little goal he had there kind of a low swing to get it uh, past there. But even that really did not spark any response out of this Nashville Predators team. And you may be right. This could very well be a case of just travel fatigue, game fatigue, um, just emotional fatigue from the record setting and the record chasing and the, you know, all of the hoopla. But there weren't any plays that really were momentum shifting plays. This game started out with the momentum quickly for the LA Kings and the Predators never could interrupt that and could never get control of that back. And that's something that we haven't seen from them. They've usually been able to spark something in a game. And like you said, it's often been Forsberg, Duchesne, Yossi that's done that. It just didn't. There was none of that this game. Uh, on defense, Mark Borowiecki yes. unfortunately hurt again. Uh, that is a huge loss considering it also sounds like Dante Fabro mm -hmm. might miss a few games. And we were just talking about this the other day when we were talking about the Jeremy Lazan trade. The Preds' defensive depth has mm -hmm. not been there this year. The top six have been phenomenal. Yes. Uh, from everybody from Roman Yossi to Alex Carrier to Dante Fabro down to Benning and Borvietsky. But now all of a sudden, it doesn't look like you're going to have Borvietsky for a while. And again, we are not sure of the full extent of his injury, but it didn't didn't look good last yes. night. Uh, Matt Benning is still out for the time being, and Dante Fabro now is nursing some sort of injury. So all of a sudden, you're losing three of your top six. And that brings up the question, Anne, like, is this team deep enough mm -hmm. on defense to get the job done in this next little stretch run of games? It's definitely concerning. And this is something I didn't anticipate the Nashville Predators wrestling with, especially when it comes to defensive depth, because in Milwaukee, there has been just so many players defensively who they who have been in the development process and who have really been shining, but they haven't seemed to draw from that very much. 
And when you're down now, like you said, you're down Benning, you're down Dante Fabro. It looks like um, Borvietsky is going to miss some games. All of the sudden, there's this huge void and you're asking people to step in and fill this void. And I think... You know, people have been very critical of the defensive depth this season. And, you know, I can understand some of that criticism. There is a void there now, and we're two days past the trade deadline. And while they did pick up one defenseman, and I think he's kind of a long-term investment that David Poyle sees. So he's, you know, going right into the game, and and this is a good opportunity for Lausanne this is a little concerning at this point in the year for the Nashville Predators. And all of a sudden, a position that we felt like developmentally there was a ton of depth, we're kind of looking around like, hey, what are we going to do here? Yeah. And the the other thing with depth, it's not just, oh, somebody has step in because of injury. Uh, in a meaningless game last night, well, by the end of it, meaningless, uh, yeah. Romeosi, 28 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and then you look at Matias Eckel about 25 minutes. Like the the depth isn't just, oh, if somebody's injured, you need them to step up. The depth is playing well enough that you can play critical moments and give somebody like Roman Yossi or Matias Eckholm a rest. We know Yossi can handle it. Like we know Yossi and Eckholm can both handle it. They're both they've both guys that have played close to 30 minutes a game before. But you know, in a game like this, coming off of back to back, you know, that's not ideal. No. Like you would no. want, yeah, like in this case, you would want somebody, and obviously it, it's different when you have an injury in game. Um, but, you know, the depth for that was you want somebody to step in so your guys don't have to play 28 minutes. So, you know, when you're in that stretch run going down the stretch, in the season and in, you know, the last five minutes of a game, you can throw any of your six guys out there and know that they are going to do the job you ask them to do. That's to me, the bigger depth than just, Oh, somebody might be injured. Somebody might need mm-hmm. a break. Here's somebody to fill in. It's somebody that can fill in and play meaningful minutes. That to me is where the concern over depth comes from. And, um, because, you know, Jeremy Lazant, they've obviously given him a lot of responsibility right. early on. David Poyle has talked him up, so we, we know they trust him. Do they trust, like, Matt Tennyson to mm-hmm. step that up? Is Jeremy Davies, if he winds up coming back into the fold, which, um, you know, if Boro and Fabro are both out for a while, it looks like he might. Is Ben Harper going to be somebody that right. trust? And if the answer is no, if they're only going to play like 10, 12 minutes a night in a critical game, then at that point you have to look and say the Predators' defensive depth just isn't there. It's a big ask of your big guys to not have that kind of support on the back end for the defense. I would agree with you. It's a, it is a concern, and I think this is – kind of a worst case scenario for Nashville. I think the expectation was that we were going to get Boro and Benning back in time for kind of the late playoff push. And when we have a healthy top, uh, top six, like you were talking about, this is a good top six, but it's a little 
concerning if we're dealing with these same injury situations or extended minute situations down the stretch. There, there are some definite defensive issues uh, and questions when push comes to shove in this lineup. I wanted to ask you about uh, David Riddick. How did you, you know, what was kind of your takeaway from his performance in the game? Clearly not all his fault, Mm -hmm. but I also think UC Soros makes a couple of those saves. Yes. Yeah. And obviously UC Soros and David Riddick are two completely different people, two completely different players. One is on the run of his life. The other is, you know, kind of a solid NHL backup. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, like we were talking the other day, you know, in these must win games, if you see some of these performances that Riddick's been putting up over the past couple of games, is that enough to have you, if you're John Hines, trust him enough to play him in the second game of back to back? Or is UC Saros now all of a sudden going to be the guy that Hines has to go to? And it's like, look, you're we're playing you from here on out, bar yes. something catastrophic. Yeah, I felt kind of like you did. I don't feel like these goals were all David Riddick's fault. I think there were some significant defensive breakdowns in a number of these goals. But I also feel like when you look at the uh, Anaheim Ducks game, there were saves in the first period when the Ducks kind of had momentum that UC Saros made that kept the National Predators in the game. That's not ideal. That's not how you want your team to function. You don't want them to be under pressure and under the gun immediately in the game. But if they are, I feel like UC Saros keeps you in that game and you might not have that same experience with David Riddick. So it's just something to keep an eye on. And I think we're going to see UC Saros uh, in, in net, you know, in these big games significantly. So that's something to watch the amount of time, you know, in games that Saros has his workload. Uh, Another thing we want to keep an eye on though, is what's happening in the rest of the Western conference. You know, we've talked about what the predators did at the trade deadline, but we need to talk about what's going on in the Western conference with some of these other teams. And that's what we're going to do in just a minute. But first want to talk to you about our friends at built bar. You know, this is the time of year. Girl Scout cookies are out. We're all tired of going to the gym. We're starting to kind of give up on those New Year's resolutions. And we need easy, simple solutions to keep us focused. That's where you need Built Bar. Have you tried their Built Bar Pops? These are one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. They are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They are real fluffy. They're not just a protein bar. It's a treat. It's like a dessert. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors, including cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. All Built Bars, just like the Puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. They are low calorie. They are high protein. You can go and replace your cookies and your candy bars with a Built Bar. You will enjoy the taste and they are better for you. Go to Built.com and you can scroll down, look at the macros chart for yourself. You'll be blown away with the protein content, the low calorie, the low carb. You can compare them to a candy bar and it's no contest. They have great flavors. They have mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. They're all delicious. They have new flavors coming out all the time. So be sure to check their website frequently. 
Go to built.com and you can use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. It is Western Conference Wednesday and mm-hmm. uh, we are taking a look at some of the Preds' rivals and what Ugh. they did at the NHL trade deadline. Uh, a mixed bag. A mixed mm-hmm. bag to say for sure, compounded by the fact that I think a lot of people weren't necessarily happy with what the Preds did at the deadline. So when you look at the West, mm-hmm. who's, a, who's a team that you think really aced the deadline, knocked it out of the park? I'm going to go with the Calgary Flames. And this has been a uh, a slow burn to greatness for them. It, it's not that they made a ton of moves right at the deadline. They've kind of been building towards this. Um, they got Tyler Toffoli kind of early. They got Callie Yarncroak, our good friend from Seattle. They claimed Brad Richardson, who we're familiar with off of waivers. And I thought this was an interesting grab for them. They got Ryan Carpenter, who was rumored to perhaps be in the mix with Nashville. And Calgary got them. I think it's very clear Calgary's going all in, and they should. I I think they're very smart to shore up what is going to be a team that's going to go for a cup run. So I feel like Calgary long haul has really had a good vision for the end of the season. And I feel like they have nailed their trade deadline action. Yeah. I mean, they had to go all in uh, just because of so much uncertainty about the team following this season. Mm -hmm. Um, So you don't blame them in that same vein. uh, I really love what both the Colorado avalanche and the Minnesota wild did. Unfortunately chasing Um, for the avalanche. I I think a lot of people were kind of disappointed that they didn't land Claude Giroux. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that as somebody, the avalanche had been eyeing for quite some time, um, but they still have plenty of top end talent, but what they did was bring in a lot of depth. Andrew Cogliano, we know, is kind of a uh, a cornerstone for a lot of NHL teams in their in the third and fourth lines over the past decade or so. Uh, Arturi Lekkinen, who was mm-hmm. we know he can pro- like excel in the playoffs because we saw him do it last year with Montreal. One of yes. Montreal's best under the radar guys last year. They bring him in. Uh, they bring in Josh Manson, who fine. You know, he'll he'll probably be uh, just kind of like the bottom of the depth guy. Um, and they also took care of Cap. Like they did a Cap move. They traded Tyson Jost for Nico Sturm, uh, a much cheaper contract over the next couple of years. But kind of you know, in terms of player style, a parallel move. So, yeah, Joe Sackick definitely, like, did a lot of balancing acts here. Not only did he set him up for a good run this season, but by trading Joe's contract for Nico Sturms, he's all of a sudden putting Avalanche in a better position to maybe do something this offseason, maybe a bigger hockey move. And then when you talk about the Minnesota Wild, I mean, oh. one of their big inconsistencies was goaltending, and they wound up getting Marc-Andre Fleury on a pretty solid deal. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it should tell you that, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury, who um, was very hesitant about moving, 
was sold on the idea of the Minnesota Wild being a legitimate contender this year. Um, they also got Jacob Middleton from the San Jose Sharks, who is a very you know good depth defender, somebody that I think will complement Jared Spurgeon and Matt Dumba very well. Um, so yeah, if you're you know a Preds fan looking up and seeing that you're going head to head with the Minnesota Wild, trying to get that last uh, sure in top three spot, you have to be very concerned right now. It's definitely intimidating when you look at what Minnesota has done and compare it to what Nashville maybe didn't do to very different approaches. And like you said, in this tight playoff race, it gives one pause. It really gives one pause to see what, you know, Colorado and Minnesota have done. Now there are some teams that sort of whiffed a little bit uh, at this trade deadline in the Western conference. And of course we talked about this yesterday, but I can't help but revisit it. The Vegas golden Knights. Yeah. Bless your sweet hearts. Um, this is just a dumpster fire and it's only entertaining because it doesn't involve the Nashville predators. Yes. If this is your team, this is excruciating, but you know, somebody once said, if you mess with the bull, you get the horns. You know, if you're kind of playing around with your cap space and you're thinking you're going to solve your problem at the trade deadline and it doesn't work, you are in what is scientifically known as a hot freaking mess and and that's where the vegas golden knights are bless their hearts as we say down south but this this did not this did not happen like they thought it was going to happen this was not what they thought was was going down and and it's a big oops it's like you know that meme out there where it's like oh well if it isn't the consequences of my <laughs> own actions yes you know the dodonoff no trade thing Oof. Might not be the Golden Knights' fault, no. um, which is going to be very interesting to see what the ultimate decision with this is. Mm -hmm. But this is still a situation of their own creating. They're the yes. Icarus. They're the Icarus of the NHL. They weren't supposed to be good their first year, and they made it to the Stanley Cup final. And I don't know if this is just hubris from George McPhee and uh, Kelly McCrimmon. Um, I, I don't know if this was Bill Foley, the owner, stepping in and being like, you know what? We have what we need. I want to go in all in now. Mm -hmm. um, but they have bought and bought and bought and bought all these big contracts. And it's kind of like taking out a loan to pay off your credit card debt. You know, it's fine to kind of take risks now, um, but the more you do it, the further you go, eventually you're going to have that come to Jesus where you're going to have to pay the piper all yes. at once. And that's coming for the Golden Knights. And I think the big thing that makes the trade deadline um, a failure for them is that they waited this long to do it. You know, if the yes. Dodonoff, if they void this Dodonoff trade, the Vegas is screwed. Mm -hmm. because look at all the people they have on long-term IR, Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone, Alec yep. Martinez. They don't have the cap space to bring them back. And, you know, I know like after watching like the Tampa Bay Lightning, everybody thinks, okay, well, you know, we'll just wait to the playoffs and then there we go. Right. They might not get there. Right. They are playing awful right now. They're out of a playoff spot. 
Um, they have they've lost something like 18 of their past 24 or something like that. It's a horrendous, horrendous stat. And you're going to need your big guns that are on long-term injured reserve to just make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I also think in, in past years, there's been some teams that have quote unquote helped Vegas out, you know, so much like that they're willing to take a contract for, you know, a, a decent draft pick. Mm-hmm. That is going to be a lot harder to do this year because you look all of a sudden Max Pacioretty, um, is injury prone the past couple of years and he has a big right. contract. Vegas is going to have to give up assets to have them take that off the book. So who knows what is going to happen for the Vegas situation, but that's awful. It's a hot mess. It is a hot steaming mess. And from the outside looking in, it's a little bit um, interesting. I, I dare say almost fun to watch because it really, like you said, it's, you work in the system and all of a sudden the system workaround may not work. And, and here you are. So, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll have to see how that all sifts out. Yeah. Can I end uh, doing something a little different? So we know there's a lot of teams that were sellers of the deadline in the West. Mm-hmm. Can I end with a seller that I yes. thought was a great deadline? And that is the Absolutely. Seattle Kraken. Yes. Um, I think they kind of thought maybe Vegas-ish this year. Uh, they didn't get what they wanted in the expansion draft. They didn't get the future capital they thought they were going to get just because I think teams really wised up after the last expansion draft. Right. They kind of went for it, signed a couple of big pieces this year. Clearly that's not working. So they did everything else right. They have stockpiled picks mm-hmm. uh, they've got a couple of guys like daniel sprong who is going to be good but mostly they sold off a lot of assets they probably weren't going to keep around anyway like um our buddy colin blackwell mark giordano kelly Yarncroke, we know jeremy lazan mm-hmm. but actually got a lot of significant capital for them um and, and it's something like they had 25 picks in the next two drafts or something like that so they put themselves in a position to start over yes yeah and i think there's a lot of wisdom in that the the whole vegas expansion experience i think has skewed uh, a perspective on what it means to start an expansion team and i think uh, Seattle really is is very wise in what they did. They kind of need a do-over and to come at it from a different way. And they executed that at the deadline really well. Yeah. Speaking of the Vegas Golden Knights, mm-hmm. guess who the Nashville Predators play tomorrow? Oh, yes. They are in Vegas. We're, of course, going to have a preview of that game. Look ahead to some things that the Preds need to fix going into this final stretch run and what's your confidence level for the rest of the season after last night's shaky performance. That's all coming up tomorrow until then. Anne, where can everybody find you? You can find my work at on the and you can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore mama on ice. You can find me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan, read my work at on the follow the podcast on Twitter also at LO underscore predators. And if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, be sure to like the video, share it, leave a comment, helps other Preds fans find this content as well. Let us know what you thought of the show or just uh, tell us a future topic you want us to discuss. That's going to do it for us today on the Lockdown Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with more Preds talk.